Jordan hopped on here listening to Starboy by uh, by the weekend. So it's great shit. It's, <laughs> it's, a, great, it's a great song. We're all working for the weekend on a Monday. Clearly we're in a good headspace. Working for the weekend. Uh, we're just uh, commiserating about the NBA All-Star game that's taking place in Salt Lake City uh, this week. Um, some of the highlights have been the mayor denying that they were offering money to help hide homeless people. Oh, we're going to get um, into that. Yeah, that's uh, been been one of the fun things we've been uh, uh, that's been in the local consciousness um major sporting the, events are war crimes we got another <laughs> like, piece of my heart <laughs> we got another like tears in my eyes like story from ryan smith about how travis scott wouldn't stop screaming about how much he loves utah um that was a weird one I sure I, hope that uh, Travis Scott does a concert in Salt Lake because it, it's been it's been a good fifty years since we've yeah. had a crushing incident here. So. so the reason why that's a thing is because Travis Scott is like hosting like a music festival here this weekend, and oh, it, sick. I, don't, I don't even know if Travis Scott is act, himself is performing. I assume so, but he is like he's like curated a lineup of rappers that's uh there's some show that I'm Scott is putting on i'm sure it's a bunch of rappers like that i legitimately have no idea who they are yeah you know it's, it's gonna be great for the demographics of salt lake city to just have yeah. like a bunch of houston rappers that no one's ever heard of wait okay <laughs> one thing did i i don't know if you guys mentioned this uh i i've i had covid so i've been out of commission did you guys talk about how nba young boys converting to mormonism <laughs> no but that is incredibly <laughs> funny and i did make a joke on twitter calling him uh uh what is it uh nba brigham young boy i thought nice. that was, I thought that's that was, pretty good that worked yeah uh yeah so he can he regrets his violent lyrics he plans to convert to mormonism um yeah because he lives in utah county now yeah <laughs> dude that uh, that rolling stone article is wait does he funny. actually live in, in yes uh, he does he lives in like he lives in like what? like linden or some shit wow okay wait yeah. what yes okay wait a sec okay uh so this random article says Salt Lake city mansion but like it might be down in utah county like you said because this i mean it's kind of vague but uh he okay so young boy real name Kentrell Galden invited Billboard to his Salt Lake City mansion where he's been surveilled by court ordered ex military security ever since he was released from St Martin Parish custody in October 2021 on firearms charges stemming from a music video shoot in his hometown which is Baton Rouge I believe he's left his house exactly zero times his ankle monitor will trigger if he so much crosses the end of his driveway is. Is him becoming Mormon just like a ploy to get out of like probation or something? That's not, I mean, that does sound like, okay, a, like a pretty good This is a funny idea. sentence. Uh, young, young boy says he feels a sense of responsibility <laughs> for, quote, the shit I put in people's ears. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's going to fit in perfectly. Dude, he's 23. He's super young. Oh, man. Um, Okay, so he discussed how moving to church, to Utah has a positive impact on his daily life, which now includes regular readings of Book of Mormon and Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints after missionaries came to his home. The rapper says he turned them away the first time they swung by, but returned when they returned, he decided to let them in. Um, wild. So the missionaries now discuss the Book of Mormon with young boy regularly, reflected in his recent High Haters video, which opens up with a quote from the LDS tome. Um yeah, so he's gonna be baptized once he's out of house arrest. <laughs> I I just ima I'm just imagining like Brigham Young or like I don't know like Ezra Taft Benson just saying in a, like a church talk, "I haters, dude." Oh man, <laughs> that would be the greatest thing in the world is just to go yeah, back yes. in time with that news story and just show Brigham Young that just like yeah, so this is gonna happen in the future. Um, I want to see NBA Young Boy uh, pass out the sacrament, dude. I. What if this photo in the billboard article is from his house? He's got a sick ass view. Uh, yeah, I guess it's in Salt Lake. I don't think it's in Utah County, but uh, okay. Well, in any case, it's hilarious that he just like bought a house here. Like, I don't, I, I like <laughs> rocks. Well, at least Post Malone did that because he like wanted to buy guns easier. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like, I thought I like the, the whole Post Malone thing was that he wanted to do quote cowboy shit. 
Yeah, he like, dude, this, okay, I got to read this full Billboard article later because, <laughs> yo, this this is honestly crazy. Uh, oh, his house looks sick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I understand why the missionaries went there. I'd want to kick it in this place too. This is nuts. Okay, anyway. Uh, so yeah, Drake, uh, not Drake, uh, Travis Scott's putting on a, a concert this weekend. So if you're going, make sure you wear like an inflatable avalanche vest that can pull you to the top of a crowd or, oh, no. or, or something a bunch of bubble boys in the crowd <laughs> yeah. it, it looks like the uh the, like the little kid from the little giants yeah it's like with like duct taped like... foam all over him oh i, I gotta see where he's performing it is he performing at like at the salt palace or i'm so I... fucking glad i'm gonna be out of town this week this weekend it's i'm pretty sure it's at the depot so travis scott partners with smith entertainment group for epic nba all-star weekend events oh Uh, yeah i don't know you you'll you wouldn't be surprised to know that ryan smith posted a video of both him and travis scott like in like a luxury looking hallway and and ryan's got an extremely large white watch on with a backward snapback um Boy, it is. I guess Travis has been here for like a few weeks. He was at like like that random jazz game. He's just been hanging out. So, uh, yeah, if you guys are interested, I'm just doing ads for Cactus Jack concert series, which is at the depot. Cool. So, um, yeah, I also know Mr. Worldwide's coming too. Oh, so hell Don, yeah. Yeah, we're doing Don Oliver and Sheck West will start the party while Chase B and DJ Limited. So, wait, isn't um, Sheck West the guy who did the Mo Bamba song? I, I honestly have no idea. I think that is, which is rad that like that's the one thing that's keeping Mo Bamba relevant in the NBA. <laughs> Did he There's a song from five years ago? Yeah, he's on the Lakers now. Nice. Good for him. Yeah. yeah. Mo Bamba, not good in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's this weekend. Looking forward to. Uh, I'm looking forward being to not being here. <laughs> yeah, so Jordan's going to be our representative at all of the events. Go say hi. Jordan, we're going to set up a TikTok account so that you can start reporting live. We're do a Twitch. Jordan's, Jordan's going to Twitch stream <laughs> yeah, from, the ice, that, from the ice buckets at Trolley Square. I'm, I'm going to get that Hassan Piker like uh, roaming streaming <laughs> setup, <laughs> like, like full backpack, and like, oh, that was awesome. I can't wait to see you do man on the street. Yeah, it's yeah, gonna be great. That would be great. Um, Billy Eichner, Young Money. Yeah. Okay. So, quick thing: the Super Bowl was yesterday, um, and it was great. I loved it. We, we talked about this. How like every ad, like the, I mean, we we've always obviously the every marketing agency and ad agency or whatever is trying to like pack celebrities into ads and get celebrity spokespeople. But like every single ad just had a bazillion celebs in them, and it was very exhausting. It was very annoying. I like we also talked about this, but like the the commercials and the genre of that clueless commercial where it's just uh, like, hey, here's something that you used to love that makes you feel young when you think about it. Like, what if they were trying to sell you like insurance, but in this exact yeah. same I, actually, I, I don't even know what the ad was for. I just like it had what's her face from Clueless and they had like the whole thing and I was just it made me physically ill. Yeah, it just really did seem that it was like either nostalgia or celebrities, and that was like ninety five percent of the ads. Yeah, and yeah, I actually was so I was talking to some some friends today about it, and I wrote something about it that I want to share with you guys and get your thoughts because I have I have a take on all of on on the Super Bowl ads, and that is, I think America as a whole is at a standstill. Politically, creatively, socially, etc. A complete cultural impasse. <clears throat> Our quality of life has steadily gotten worse since the 1980s, with the fast forward button being pushed after 9-11. Progress is a near impossibility. Therefore, the natural thing to do is resort to either culture wars or nostalgia. Advertisers tend to choose the latter as to not alienate an entire segment of their ostensible consumer base. And I thought the Super Bowl ads were a reflection of that. Nearly every one of them was a little key bump of the good old days with next to no real strategy or original thinking. Welcome yeah. to the end of history. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, the, the thing that I took away from the Super Bowl is that 
we, we always thought we were going to be held hostage by like boomer culture forever too, but yeah, it definitely seems like it's just been overtaken by now. Like we're just held hostage by gen X culture. Yeah, it does. It does feel weird to be part of like the, the demographic who's being spoken to directly. Yeah, directly pandered to. Yeah. Yeah. It feels bad. Um, and it, there's a few <laughs> other weird things going on, like the electric car ads or like, that's like, was a big focus, but um, contrasting it with with like last year where it was like 50% crypto ads and they're just completely disappeared from from this year uh, really tells you a lot about I mean surely society is going to learn so much from everything that's taken place with crypto over the last couple of years but to go from last year where it's like every celebrity was just trying to get you to like use that like a digital wallet in, in like coin zoom or base or whatever one of those whatever they do or like by using ftx or something like that like the fact that those are all just completely gone was kind of weird um but like you're saying greg like it 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 just things just feel bad like i don't know like that blue like that blue moon commercial where it's like where it was like miller light and i don't like cores like fighting millers and cores thing and then you like realize they're like all owned by the same company and like it's just like yeah everything it's just bad things just don't nothing felt good no in that game yesterday Listen, uh, i don't care what you guys say it was really good to see the breaking bad guys back because i was like wow this oh, isn't man. some sort of uncanny valley bullshit were they doing the pop the pop chips commercial yes. or something yes. they even got tuco salamanca like ugh. i feel it just it, yeah, felt it, like it doesn't shit, feel man. good and like shout out to all those people get the bag or whatever but yeah you're right. Like things just don't feel good. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I, I, and it just like every year that goes by and like with this, like consumerism stuff, it's just, it's so exhausting, man. And I don't know, like the, and like the, the problem is, is that there's just not that many frontiers left when it comes to right. this kind of thing. And that's why we've seen such a massive expansion into Gam- like sports gambling being just completely normalized out of nowhere uh, over the last couple of years when that used to be like one of the most taboo things you could do. And now it's like you're weird if you aren't placing like a 15 way parlay on the Super Bowl where yeah. that includes like the length of the national anthem and like which Kelsey brother like uh, falls on their ass first or something like there's just so many things now. And like that's just that's just what's left. This is, is how I win. I think it's win. also just the fact that there's like no dignity left in anymore. Yes, like, like absolutely. He, like the thing that I thought was like one of the most twisted thing was like that T-Mobile ad where it was John Travolta. And yes. even after death, like Olivia Newton, John can't get a win because she's just replaced by the scrubs guys. Yeah. Yeah. It did. It was really weird to see. It, it felt so debasing just watching it. Like the Caddyshack ad that was just like the the Michelob Ultra one that was just like, hey, look at all of these celebrities. Like, look at all these people we paid. Yeah. Like there was like, I don't understand. Like there's there just seems to be such a, a disconnect into like between was, just showing a bunch of celebrities and, and using them as a way to like buy your product. Like I understand celebrity endorsements have been a thing forever, but this idea that like, it, it just felt like it went into overdrive this year and it was it did, really, yeah. really embarrassing. And when you add that into like the nostalgia thing, cause like, yeah, you had like the Olivia Newton, John uh, and like the T-Mobile ad and like the P Diddy, like resurrecting the 80s songs and just oh, all the, yeah. all the bullshit. Oh, it just P Diddy one was so bad, but it's, it's like, just like, yeah, like the one of like John Hamm and Brie Larson. And then it's just yeah. like Pete Davidson. It's just like, here's three people from the tv yeah exactly <laughs> like i don't even i don't how does it how does this like correlate a, how does this make any sense other than like these people are famous and they're telling me to buy shit hey yeah. all i know is that workday ad might be the last time we see ozzy osbourne alive so <sighs> i saw someone wearing a t-shirt that uh had it had oj simpson and the ford bronco on it like the, a couple weeks ago and i was like man I mean, simpler times. That's our that's our only industry now. It's it's nostalgia. That's the literally the only industry yes, we have in this is. country anymore. And it sucks to again. It sucks to be the demographic being pandered to. Yeah, I don't. It I don't. Really I don't like. I I hope that Alicia Silverstone is having a good day. 
I don't need to see her on my television ever again. Yeah, that was unless she's in a movie because she's been in some uh, good movies recently. Oh, really? Hell yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, she played a really she uh, had a she was in a really good horror movie called The Lodge. And then she was I in uh, fucking hated a, that movie. Yeah, it's brutal. It's really brutal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was actually, great. That set a good trend. And then like, well. I don't care about the rest of this movie because I've already feel awful. So yeah, that movie starts things off with like one of the worst beginnings you could ever start a movie off with. She's also in uh, killing of a sacred deer, which is a great movie. Uh, um, yeah. yeah. So bless her heart. I uh, hope she got paid a lot for that commercial, but um, we're also at the uh, tail end of, wait, are we even at the, we're not even at the end yet. How many days has the legislature been in set in session? We still have two more weeks. Okay, so le- Utah State Legislature the has the shortest legislative session out of any legislature in the country, I believe. They still hold that, uh, and they're very proud about that, so they can all get back to the jobs that they help, helped advance during their legislator sessions, whether it's uh, loosening re- regulations on some type of like real estate development or improved laws for uh, landlords or like um, created some legislation that puts trans kids in like a dumpster for the rest of their lives, whatever they plan to do and whatever they accomplish, uh, they do it in very short time. But very recently, uh, I think it was last week or maybe it was the week before my brain's completely shut off over the last month, but uh, we had water week and you might be asking yourself, well, Kyle, what's water week and water week was the legislature's really good faith attempt at saving the great salt lake through a variety of ways. This is something we've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast, something that's been a big focus uh, and uh, gotten a lot of national attention. Mm-hmm. Um, the Great Salt Lake is drying up and it's going to release an arsenic dust storm across this place, making it completely uninhabitable or just give us all cancer, one of the two, probably both. And um, we know what needs to be done. We had Nate. Uh, Housley on this podcast and we talked about the things that need to change that was in advance of this legislative session Uh, we've talked about a whole variety of things that we need to do differently and uh, this was the legislature proving that they were going to take things seriously and they dedicated an entire week of their incredibly short session to dealing with their water crisis here and Jordan what did they do during this week you know what? It was just so good to see them take things seriously. Um, first thing they did was they uh, made sure to not pass Nate Blowen's uh, bill that would actually had set a target goal for um, the Great Salt Lake's depth. Uh, just immediately killed that one. Didn't need to do anything about that one. Uh, the governor did something about putting up more, raising the the berms around the lake that kind of split up a little bit more, which I don't think is going to do anything, but you know, (laughs) points for creativity, I guess. You take one half of the lake and pour it in the other, other (laughs) half. And the most significant action they took. And I, I honestly, I felt so, so deeply moved by this one is they decided to take a page from uh, mean girls and decided to dress in blue for a day. (laughs) They all posted a uh, Democrats in doing the uh, solidarity with George Floyd statement. Um, they took a page out of their book and they all wore blue suits and took a really fun picture with Governor Cox taking one of them in selfie style. And uh, he was I mean, so fucking happy. I'm sorry. Like. Nate, this I shit Nate sucks Blowen. worse than the praying. Nate Blowen's doing his best over there, I think. I don't know. But uh, his face in those pictures is really funny. Like, it's just, like, so pathetic. And uh, that thing you mentioned about, like, they couldn't pass Nate Blowen. Like, the thing that Nate Blowen was trying to pass was literally just like, hey, maybe we should just set a target. Like, this isn't tied to anything actionable. We're not actually holding anything to account here. But maybe we should just have a goal. And the resolution was to have a goal. And they, they couldn't pass nope. the goal. The next, the next day, I'm dead serious. The next fucking day, uh, Brad Wilson tweets an article from the desert. And he was like, this is the steps we need to take to start making the Great Salt Lake better again. To fill it up again. And step one was literally set a target depth for the lake. You fucking asshole. <laughs> Number two was just hope for more rain. So, you know, I'm not really too hopeful about that one. But, you okay, know. So here's the other thing is like I know how online Spencer Cox is. And um, in my efforts to be like less online, I still like want to see what he's saying. 
And he does this thing where he like retweets every time there's like some positive news about like our snowpack or whatever. And in like any like for me and like people, other people I follow, people are just like, yeah, we love getting a lot of snow like it's good. But like the way Spencer Cox is retweeting it, the way I know him so well in his Twitter habits that I know he's basically just using that as a way to to shirk responsibility of actually having to do anything about like the actual water crisis. Like we we yeah, we are actually having we're getting a lot more we've gotten a lot more snow this year than we have in years past. We are still in what's considered like extreme drought. Yeah. <laughs> like, Again, we keep talking about it. It's one good year in 20. Yeah, they like they they put out a gra- a a graph that pretty much had like the entire maps outline too. It was like, look, last year we were at extreme drought everywhere, but now we're only at extreme drought for a good 40% of the state. Yeah. It's we like, were in ultra mega really drought bad. last year and we're now only in extreme drought. So like, suck this, is it, like, this is like somebody playing blackjack and losing like 20 straight hands. And then like all of a sudden, like actually hitting 21, like getting an ace and a queen. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, <laughs> put the word out you know what i'm walking like we're good walking away you know what it's so pathetic man i hate it it makes me so sad we have dumbest uh, human beings we have upgraded the terrorist uh water scale from devil's (laughs) asshole to eating potato chips on a hot summer day yeah exactly that's where we're at they're like you know they're saying they're doing a lot of important things like the the efforts that they're actually putting in is like uh stopping hoas from like requiring lawns but again no one is willing to touch agriculture at all with any meaningful legislation anything is all incentives which is how government and states like this works there's never going to be actual regulations imposed on any of these people it's all monetary incentives to try to get them to to change their habits and And it's not going to happen and it's not meaningful incentives too like they couldn't even like pass like having golf courses report how much water they use oh speaking of which did you guys talk about how like tiger woods is trying to open it like yet another private golf course no it's and it's it's gonna happen it's been greenlit oh cool a yeah, private above, golf course above, on some of the, the pristine like, uh mountains in the wasatch not just not just that but it's right up above jordanelle so everybody can watch jordanelle dry up you know <laughs> as they're teeing off on the back nine like, I'm just like I I almost had an aneurysm when I was when I was reading that story because like I go to Jordanelle quite a bit during the the summer you know I'll go there yeah. at least a half a dozen times it's quick it's fun good place to kayak good place to fish hang out and everything and like that is a reservoir that's also just dying like every other reservoir it's not just the Great Salt Lake in this state it's every reservoir. The thing is, is that we've had a good year. We've had a good snow year. And then we're they're going to point to like next summer when they're more when they're full for like a month longer than they normally are. Right. They're going to point to that as being proof that we don't actually have to deal with anything. Yeah, that we don't have to we do still anything. live in a desert. <laughs> like we still live in a desert and our hat like the state's water use habits are just com- are completely ridiculous. No, like Not like to- Colin yeah. said on our last episode, like this is the time to double down on that conservation. Yes. But that's absolutely not going to happen. In fact, like, but again, that, yeah, it's, it's the, it's, you know, we hit 21 on one winter and now we're just going to go blow it all at the strip club. Yeah. We, we put it all on black, let it spin. And you know what? It came up and you know what? You put it on black again and let it spin. Like, fuck, let's do this. Come <laughs> I'm on. never going to die. Yeah, yeah this exactly. Is this is awesome. Um, oh my goodness. Well, right, I just saw this. I had to tell you guys this. The the bill to allow pregnant drivers to you that use the HOV lane just failed. In com- <laughs> it failed in committee, didn't it? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So our legislature was focused on important things like memeing their way into allowing pregnant women to drive alone in the HOV lane. So uh bummer that that one didn't pass. Congrats. They shouldn't be I driving really without their husbands. Okay. <laughs> I'm just imagining a bunch of like middle-aged, not middle-aged, but like 30-year-old women now in Utah with just like wearing like their husband's hoodies with like a, like a pillow stuffed underneath so that they can go Uh, 85. That reminds me of uh, like 
my brother in high school, he got one of the like there were girls that went to our, our school that had those like they went to they were doing like hair classes or whatever mm-hmm. that through anyway. But they had those like cosmetic practice like mannequin heads. And my brother got one of those once and he put a hoodie on that and he would drive in the HOV lane with that. <laughs> it's like the curb episode where he picks up the yeah. hooker. It's exactly that. <laughs> That's so. legitimately my favorite curb episode. Yeah, works well. <laughs> it's so funny. God, we live in a dumb state. But speaking of uh, <laughs> ecological collapse, we should start the hell lines because we were yeah. firing off with a, with a real good one. So, Jordan, why don't you play that little ditty here? <laughs> you better believe it. All right, I wrote yeah. I wrote a small manifesto for line number I one. I want to see CityCast have that drop. Yes, let's go. We're coming for your ass. <laughs> no, we're not. That sounds really I, no, bad. We're really not. Not at all. We're like, we're harmless. You try. We don't. <laughs> all right. Hellline number one. Off the rails. So on February 3rd, a hundred. Yeah. We love American Chernobyl, don't we, folks? So on February 3rd, 150 car Norfolk, Norfolk Southern train carrying toxic chemicals derailed in eastern Ohio, igniting a fire that swept the town of East Palestine in smoke. Days later, authorities ignited the chemicals to prevent an explosion and ordered thousands of residents to evacuate. Did you the- guys – sorry. Did you see – I mean, did you guys see the pictures coming out of East Palestine? Like they were like – Oh, yeah. <laughs> it looked like a fucking H-bomb went off. It yeah, was were, one. Of, it's one of the most horrifying things I've ever seen. There were so many yeah. pictures, like uh, who, people just took pictures of that too, and just like posted, like, "Is this bad?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah I like the day of because it's been a. It's been ten days. It's the thirteenth. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, Ridiculous. so the uh, the controlled burn created a plume of uh, phosgene and hydrogen chloride. Phosgene is highly toxic and was used as a weapon in World War One. Another Red. chemical in the uh, the plume of smoke, vinyl chloride, has been linked to cancer. Norfolk, uh, Nor- I have the hardest time saying that. Norfolk uh, Southern helped kill a federal safety rule aimed at upgrading the rail industry's Civil War era braking systems, according to documents <laughs> reviewed by the Lever, which is uh, David. Sirota's outlets uh, through the company's 150 car train in Ohio reportedly burst into 100 flames upon derailing was transporting materials that triggered a fireball when they were released and incinerated. It was not being regulated as a quote, high hazard flammable train. Uh, federal officials told the lever documents show that when uh, current transportation safety rules were first created, a federal agency sided with the industry lobbyists and limited regulations governing the transport of hazardous compounds. The, the decision effectively exempted many trains hauling dangerous materials, including the one in Ohio, from the high hazard classification and its more stringent safety requirements. Amid the lobbying blitz against stronger transportation sa- safety regulations, Norfolk Southern paid exempt executives millions and spend billions on stock buybacks all while the company shed thousands of employees despite warnings that understand our understaffing is intensifying safety risks norfolk southern uh Officials also fought off a shareholder initiative that could have required company executives to assess, review, and mitigate risks of hazardous material transportation. We regulate railroads too much. <laughs> yeah. Like this is like if uh, this if this isn't capital capitalism working as it's supposed to, I don't know what is. Like it could not be a more glaring example. I, I actually just got done reading a book about the railroads. Um, it's uh, called Atlas Shrugged, um, and <laughs> what I learned was we just need to let railroads do what they need to because if we let the government step in, they're just going to make everything worse. So you know. And we of, just we just didn't loosen it enough. And of course, you know, on on the heels of this is you know Biden killing the rail striker or striker unionization, yeah. and you know, and making it so railroad workers don't get paid sick leave and can't strike. Yeah, no. Once again, too much government regulation. They shouldn't have a union at all. We should just crush them with the so army. A few things like here, also like so. After this happened, everyone was essentially evacuated. Yes, from the town, and um, it went nope. to play. 
sorry. They did like a square mile first because they said oh, like yeah. imminent death is if you don't evacuate. And then they moved everyone yeah. else beyond that. But first they started yeah. that square mile because it was like uh, the black cloud of death will come take you to the Lord. So we need to go now. Yeah. Yeah. So people went to like neighboring towns and hotels or whatever. Um, and in theory had the expenses for that covered. Uh, I don't know if that what I what I worry about is that type of stuff being contingent on them signing something that essentially makes it so they can't uh file a class action in the future did you see Um, the uh the report that came out that uh norfolk southern is uh has offered the residents of east palestine twenty five thousand dollars which basically yeah it's uh, like five dollars yeah it rounds out to about five dollars a person yeah that that's a foot long at subway man that's nothing to sneeze at yeah, it's yeah, you might crazy. die, but you know, at least you can get a hot and ready. Yeah, you might, you might actually like push your lungs through your ass, but you know, you might get that meatball marinara. That's a damn good sandwich. Yeah, that's worth turning into the tax toxic Avenger for. Yeah, and like, there's been a lot of insane stuff going on. Like, there was a there was a reporter who had been covering, he'd been in East Palestine for like a week or something um, and then got arrested by cops for trying to continue to report on like what was uh, taking place there, which was just caught on camera. Um, And then the cops uh, released a report of what took place, just completely lying about everything that happened, completely contradicted what took, uh, what was shown in the video. Uh, So that was great. Um, Just, just a, a great scene coming out of East Palestine. We love to see it. It's just going extraordinarily well. And, um, yeah, no, no notes, just, just all vibes here. So, and as they're trying to move people back in, uh, everything that's been like, you know, the explosion happened, but it's left uh, residue of all of these com- like extremely poisonous materials and chemicals over everything. And what needs to happen is a complete and thorough cleaning of everything before anyone comes close to anything in this town. But what is taking place is people are being moved back to town and then can request that the company take care of the cleaning. But it has to be upon request. They're not doing it proactively. And what we're likely to see is uh, extremely large cancer clusters as a result of this event um in the future so well and have you seen um, have you seen all the videos of like livestock that has dropped dead and the fish yeah in the 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 surrounding rivers especially in the ohio river apparently from what i was reading today a lot of those chemicals have seeped into the ohio river which is a tributary to the mississippi river so we could very well just be seeing the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the damage this is going to cause like this is this really is nothing short of an airborne toxic event, like borderline eco terrorism, the way that it's being covered up and the way it's being handled. Fucking terrific. Yeah. Um, lots more talk about the balloons, though. So Yes, that's that's what's important. The balloons. I don't anyway. want to talk about the balloons at all. I don't give a shit. Unless there's a child in one of them. I don't want to. I don't. Yeah. Care. That, that's just more of an incentive to hit it with a missile. <laughs> wow, dude. Take us to the next I'm one. I'm just going off a of president. I don't know what the, you want me to do. <laughs> All right. That sucked. Uh, hell line number two, tithes over taxes. So the Wall Street Journal reported the U.S. Uh, Securities and Exchange Commission is launching an investigation into the Mormon Church's $100 billion investment portfolio. The church has attempted to maintain the secrecy of its investments until a former employee uh, revealed the holdings in 2019. The SEC is now launching an investigation into potential violations made by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints uh, investment arm. Little is known about the contents of the investigation, only that it is at an advanced stage with a settlement likely so the church has secretly amassed an investment portfolio worth billions hundreds of billions with few outside the church aware the development has now gotten the attention of the united states uh regulatory agencies and the probe was made public uh two days ago i think two or three days ago and the lord death said quit pocket watching (laughs) No, I think it, it that was an, I think Alma was actually the one who coined the term stop snitching. Yeah, it, it makes total sense that the churches be like, yeah, we're just like, you know, 
doing essentially financial crimes by trying to hide our assets as much as humanly possible. Well, and there was that whole thing that we talked about of them basically committing tax fraud in Australia. Like this is just, yeah, this seems to be like pretty standard practice. Yeah, I'm, I mean, yeah. I mean, allegedly we want to throw in a few allegedly because yes. it's not like they're litigious or anything. Um, I mean, it makes total sense. Cause I mean, at a certain point, the church stopped like really trying to do anything church ish and just became more of like a real estate holding company than anything. And like it, it talked a lot in that wall street journal article on it too, like what they were investing a lot of money into and like, like 40% of it's essentially been stock and everything else has just been securities and all that. And, and they're like their stock holdings was all the same, like meme stock is everything else. Like they're one of the people that benefit the most off of like wall street. GameStop. So yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, it makes sense that they kind of do these sort of like libertarian esque like financial moves because they've been investing like a libertarian. Mm -hmm. Just which is really funny for the church to be really Reddit pilled like that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <sighs> it sucks. It, as always. All right. Hellline number three, a terrible game of hide and go seek. So this is from ABC4, which we mentioned earlier. Advocates accuse Salt Lake County leaders of trying to hide the homeless for the NBA All-Star game. City, county, and state leaders announced Thursday that they are working with homeless shelter, with homeless shelter providers to address the health and safety implications that may arise from a large-scale event like the NBA All-Star weekend by organizing – watch parties homeless advocacy our advocacy group second and second coalition claim these leaders are punishing them for speaking to the press about a plan to provide extra services during the nba all-star weekend uh, mayor aaron mendenhall released a video on social media denying this claim adding that it was volunteers who asked the county state and city to give them money to expand services second and second called this a lie saying city and county officials asked them to provide a budget to bring to the state homeless coordinator. <laughs> Terrific. I wonder who's lying. Uh, yeah. yeah, that video was weird, man. I don't, I didn't. Like, what didn't What? Like what that. are the ostensible, like, safety concerns outside of, like, making, uh, like, white people uncomfortable by seeing, like, homeless around Salt Lake? You know what? I, I couldn't even begin to tell you. Because I mean, like, I want to, I want to know what these safety risks are. Yeah, I mean, other than just making people uncomfortable and like trying to keep up appearances. I mean, it, it's that. I mean, it's it's trying to put your bus, your best foot forward when it comes like showing everyone, hey, we're a normal city. We don't have all the problems that everyone else, everywhere else has, despite the fact that we have them in kind of spades. Um. The KSL and Desert News kind of released this one too, where it seems like the state was the one that folded on a lot of the uh, funding for this one too, because I guess Wayne Niederhauser or whoever the state's liaison for homeless is like, just told the second and second coalition, like, nah, you're not getting that funding. Go, go away. Sick. So like, yeah. And that, that video from Mendenhall was bizarre too. Like someone needs to keep politicians away from video cameras or they stop these like 60 second videos about how they're fixing everything where they're not really doing anything she she was saying that like there's not an issue they spend more time on uh time effort energy whatever uh than this doing it's a just great like, job well that yeah. i believe because what they do is they do abatements with police and just like force them in off. bulldozers yeah so she didn't exactly uh explain about what type of effort they put into but it does it's very often involves uh heavy machinery uh completely wiping out uh camps so um yeah great stuff all around uh again once once again have fun at the travis scott concert or whatever yeah, yeah once again massive sporting events especially in america just turn into be like massive like human rights violations because that's what they do to the homeless yeah yeah actually time. pretty much anywhere you think about it, every time the olympics go somewhere like you just see a bunch of people displaced so when we Great inevitably shit. get the Olympics again, uh, look, be on the lookout for how fun that's going to be. Well, the, the way we're going right now, too, we might just, you know, start liquidating the homeless. So who the fuck knows at that point? Yeah, I hope the weather this weekend is dog shit. And I hope that, like, everybody who comes to the All-Star game gets to, like, experience, like, peak inversion. Yeah, yeah this is the one weekend I'm going to really be, like, go back to California. <laughs> 
<sighs> well, um, for what we want to go through and read this evening, uh, people might remember a particularly weird ad that took place yesterday in the Super Bowl. At, um, and it wasn't the Jesus told point. me to give a Nazi a big smooch. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the uh, <laughs> coin flip sponsored by Pat Tillman's legacy or whatever. Oh it wasn't that. That was bizarre. Can we talk that was, about that for a second? Yeah, it's bizarre. Like literally the first 15 minutes of Super Bowl is just dedicated to the troops, which is amazing because it's like was, the first time we haven't had a major war zone in a while. So that was some real Starship Trooper shit. Was was the Pat Tillman thing was because of the Arizona? Like, I don't I don't yes, know what they did. I think yeah. so. Because he, yeah. yeah. Played for the Cardinals, went to ASU. I was like, why? They I have was, a statue I mean, out in front of the stadium. Then, yeah, yeah. Do they have it? They have a Pat Tillman statue out there. Oh, yeah. It's been there since they built the thing. Oh, I didn't even know that. Um, okay. Well, yeah. So basically, the coin flip was sponsored and had a like preceding very long video. And they trotted out a bunch of Pat Tillman scholarship award winners uh, basically all sponsored by the Pat Tillman Foundation and evidently the U.S. Army or something. It was very strange. Uh, it, it was like <laughs> there is a way to do that. That isn't so rah, rah, go troop, especially when you're invoking the legacy of Pat Tillman, because good God, there's not anything good there. No. Um, but it, it's incredible that they just did this like entirely like. You would think that Pat Tillman just like stormed Iwo Jima and raised the flag on Mount Suribachi himself and then just died of a heart attack and that was it. Like no other context necessary. But man. Yeah. That felt bad. Um, but people, <laughs> uh, this might ring a bell, but there is uh, what we wanted to read is a Desert News article about the He Gets Us ads. Um, and I should also mention that, uh, if I remember correctly, Spencer Cox retweeted a horseshoe theory tweet. Oh yeah. From Sick. Alex Griswold, we got a horseshoe and it's both Charlie Kirk and AOC talking about how those, that ad sucks. And um, it's not even, a, I saw that when it made me mad because it's not a horseshoe thing because, because like Charlie Kirk was like, I can't believe they would take advantage of the Green family like that. Yeah, because the the yeah. Hobby Lobby people aren't doing horrible things with their money anyway. Right. And, oh, yeah, and we're like gonna talk AOC, about that in a second. Yeah, and AOC just like said, just like this seems like a way that you're just like you're like just laundering fascism. Yeah, she was like, uh, Jesus would not spend out m millions of dollars on a Super Bowl ad. Um, but yeah, well, anyway, so well, this, how do you know? Did you ever speak to our Lord and Savior? Maybe he would yeah. spend $20 million on a Super Bowl ad. Yeah. So this this article says why those, of course, again, in the Desert News, why those he gets us ads about Jesus have sparked heated debates. Two Super Bowl ads put Jesus in the spotlight. Not everyone was happy about them by Kelsey Dallas. On Sunday, a slick marketing campaign aimed at boosting Christianity's image found its hey biggest there, audience yet. It was very slick. He Gets Us aired two commercials about during the Super Bowl, inviting viewers to discover or rediscover what Jesus is all about. The longer of the two ads, which aired during the second half, featured a series of images showing people fighting. At the end, white text on a plain back black screen explained that, quote, Jesus loved the people we hate. Viewers were invited to learn more about He Gets Us by visiting a web address, including the words, quote, love your enemies. This is worse than like mid-COVID or like beginning of COVID when all the celebrities saying, uh, imagine. Oh. It was pretty, it was, you know, <laughs> it was good. I, I really felt the Lord when I saw that one picture of a kid standing on top of another kid to use a urinal, which was one of the images. And then just like, yeah, I get that. Jesus would be yeah. about that, too. It's all about helping. Uh, by the time the commercial aired, the ad campaign itself had caused more than a few fights. Religious leaders, LGBTQ rights activists, and even some politicians had questioned the motives of the He Gets Us movement in recent weeks as buzz about the then fourth Super Bowl uh, ads grew. What is He Gets Us? He Gets Us is an advertising campaign working to connect people with Jesus and improve Christianity's brand. Through a series of commercials and billboards, it, pro it promotes biblical teachings and urges viewers to go online and learn more. Quote, we are confident that as people clearly understand, read, and learn for themselves about who Jesus is, they'll find wisdom, hope, and peace unlike any other offered. 
end quote, the he gets us website explains. The original budget for the campaign was around $100 million. Oh my god! But a spokesman Jeez. recently oh. told Religious News Service, Religion News Service, that the goal is to invest about a billion dollars over the next three years. You know, awesome. we want everyone to learn more about Jesus. As long as they skip over the parts where he talked about rich people can't go to heaven and that the money changers need to be whipped. Uh, conveniently left out but why is he gets us controversial negative reactions to the he gets us ads are notable given that the campaign aims to strike an inclusive tone the commercials and associated websites do not promote one specific church over another and instead encourage people to follow jesus in their own way quote everyone's journey is individualized every journey is different and any way that someone becomes engaged and grows closer to jesus in their journey that to me would be a success story said jordan carson spokesperson and director of communications for He Gets Us to the Desert News last month. Critics complain about the He Gets Us ads have focused on their cost and creators rather than the content. For example, people question why so much money is being spent on advertising rather than on humanitarian initiatives. Quote, with the money that He Gets Us people spent on their right-wing Jesus ads, they could permanently have 1,563 1, people experiencing homelessness, tweeted Sawyer Hackett, a Democratic strategist Sunday. When asked about this complaint in January, Carson told the Des News that from the beginning, Christians have used a wide variety of methods to connect with and care for people. Quote, if you look at the Bible during Jesus' life, people took different steps and avenues to speak about big issues. That's exactly what this campaign is doing, she said. That's awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> this is great, too. Uh, the observers have also raised concerns about funders behind He Gets Us, although most of these donors remain anonymous. In November, David Green, co-founder of Hobby Lobby, talks about his involvement during an appearance on Glenn Beck's radio show, leading some to associate the campaign with his polarizing brand of conservative Christianity. Quote, Hobby Lobby has famously been at the several of at the center of several legal controversies, including the support of anti-LGBTQ legislation and a successful years-long legal fight that eventually led to the Supreme Court allowing companies to deny medical coverage for contraception on the basis of religious beliefs, CNN reported. And also that time they were trying to export cultural artifacts out of Syria with ISIS. Yeah, yeah something like that. Did you guys have kind of a funny uh, next line? They quote Jacobin here uh, in, in this article, um, which we'll, we'll get to a little bit more of the Jacobin context. But Jacobin, a left-leaning news website, I think that's sure. Say. <laughs> that's uh, that's this- really nice of them. <laughs> yeah, that was that's generous of them. Of that's generous of <laughs> to give them that. Uh, that Undersold uh, that. That, that mainstream uh, appeal, yes. Especially because they like this is probably the same person that would just that would describe MSNBC as left leaning. So. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's that sort of like sliding scale of whatever you're trying to do with like a point attack. It's like, well, I can't make Jacobin look like it's a magazine for like nothing but like jaded leftists. So you know, yeah, I what mean, I, <laughs> I, I'm sure. Ra- I mean, there's no real distinct difference between Rachel Maddow and the Jacobins, and that's how we're gonna between Bosch Garstenkara and Rachel yes. Maddow. These people are the same to me. <laughs> they are the same to me. <laughs> Jacobin, a left-leaning news website, released a story ahead of the Super Bowl highlighting the ties between the campaign and organizations that have worked to restrict access to abortion and support other conservative causes. That article and others have implied or openly stated that the He Gets Us campaign isn't as apolitical as it claims to be. How has He Gets Us responded to pushback? Ahead of the Super Bowl, the minds behind the Twitter account for He Gets Us appeared to face recent criticism head on. They shared a post about the campaign's agenda, arguing that the time had come to make that agenda perfectly clear. Perfectly clear. The tweet linked to an article on the He Gets Us website that explores the inspiration behind the campaign. In that article, as in interviews, campaign organizers explain that their goal is to share the love story of Jesus, not to increase polarization or discrimination. That is our agenda. He gets us to move beyond the mess of our current cultural moment to a place where all of us are invited to rediscover the love story of Jesus. Christians, non-Christians and everybody in between all of us, the website says. Did you guys see the uh, the tweet that Andrew Perez sent out? last uh, night so we're about to read andrew perez's uh just a, a excerpt from his jacobin article oh, but what did his tweets say? just before we get on there too though like it really is saying something that every single like religious organization and like socially conservative person like that wants to try and be reasonable i'm not talking like people who are like openly belligerent or anything yeah. like that mm-hmm. but they always talk about like we just need to move beyond our differences while they're still trying to do things that are like openly like 
hostile yeah. to marginalized so groups. So this is this That's- is a framing that only helps the right. And do you want to and like for, as in a great example of this because uh, that like completely unrelated to this um, in its like uh, small context, but um, let me let me pull this up. So. Uh, Spencer Cox and Governor Phil Murphy of New Jersey, who's a Democrat, have like this weird little annoying relationship where they keep going on like national TV together. And I think they were recently on they did a joint interview on Meet the Press uh, and where they just basically talked about partisan divides um, and just that type of nonsense. But Governor Phil Murphy tweeted, Governor Cox has come, has become a close friend, even though we come from different parties. You don't have to agree on everything to work across the aisle for the American people. Congress can learn a few lessons from our nation's governors. Okay, so there's that. And then Governor Cox retweeted this and quote tweeted and said, Governor Murphy and I disagree passionately on several issues, and we care deeply for each other as friends. America needs to relearn how to disagree. That's an interesting line. America needs to relearn how to disagree. I'm wondering when we about what things we used to disagree yeah. on were. I'm very curious about that. But anyway, healthy conflict is very different than what we what than what we see too often now. I'm grateful for his leadership as chair of the National Governors Association, whatever that is. Um, okay, a few things here. Uh, I'm really one like the way they talk about disagreement is so disingenuous because they act like this. Spencer Cox has often like been critical about people treating politics like sports. And I can't think of a better example of somebody thinking politics is a sports than what he had the way his outlook here, because, and, and two members of the ruling class telling, telling everyone that they just need to agree on things more is, is just completely ridiculous. Um, And there are certain things that they would, that he Spencer Cox would chalk up to just being things we disagree on. Uh, that are just uncompromisable things that uh, and and uh, stuff that 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 is literally I mean it's costing people lives it's cost costing people um, their health it's costing people like and 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 so I mean I I, I like trying I'm trying not to tweet these days but I, I like I, I asked like how how do we disagree with people who don't like about human rights because I believe there are certain things that are just. Uh, completely foundational and uh, required as human rights in order to like in, in this type of society. And if somebody disagrees with that, like how exactly do we, do we uh, agree to disagree on what a human right is, you know? Yeah. And I'm sick of this fucking framing because it makes me physically ill to just frame all of the, like you can, you, you see the way he, he completely just completely downplays the severity of the issues that are, that are in front of him as governor of this state. Like we see the things that the legislator is doing we see the things that they are not doing. And to chalk this up as just political disagreements that we all care equally about. And we're all just equally as passionate about is just so unbelievably disingenuous and it's just complete bullshit. And so, uh, exactly what you were saying, Jordan, like the way that these, these, these just like quote apolitical organizations exist it's just it's just a lie yeah i mean it's good for two people from the ruling class and like get along it's like you know what at the end of the day we all still just like we're all still friends at five o'clock and like that doesn't work for everyone else because it's just a it's a fundamental disagreement with what this the state of politics is politics is a competition for resources it's always been a competition for resources and the fact that like you can't acknowledge that at all too when it comes to essentially the funding of institutions the protection of marginalized groups the, the just a general like ideology of how government should run just means you're not serious about it or you're right. already getting your way so you just want us to shut the fuck up yeah yep <sighs> Anyway, that that I just if anyone says don't let like don't treat politics like sports and then they say stuff like this where it's just like, hey, us two governors that like uh, have power over millions of people's lives and we don't take this seriously in any way because we just chalk it up to mean like disagreements like, oh, it's so patronizing just to be like, oh, I understand that you care about this just as much as I do. We just disagree on the solutions or whatever. It's complete nonsense. Like. 
uh, it's just members of the ruling class just rubbing it in, in, in the face of everyone else. And it's, it's disgusting. And, and, and he's been doing his things lately too, especially like during that too. It's like, you know what? There's just, we, we just have these stupid culture war issues on the right and on the left. Like he yeah. has to make a point of it too. It's like, you know, it's, it's both sides that are bad. <sighs> I just want people to have health care, man. How is that a culture war issue? It is because you're taking money out of some dipshit's pocket. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. that's the only thing. Like, like it's very abundantly clear that Spencer Cox is a libertarian. Like, yeah, absolutely. Above all, like, he does not want government to have any function whatsoever. And it's been that way since COVID, too. Like, everything he was forced to do during COVID and everything was essentially, like, being dragged to do it like he never ever did anything on his own including you know allegedly fudging the numbers so we can go on a media tour and talk about how great utah handled the pandemic <laughs> whoopsie doodles Oops. but like but i mean like that's that's the thing like he doesn't care about anything except for like essentially just handing over the mechanisms of power to the private sector and the legislature yeah. to let them do whatever they want because he doesn't want a strong executive that actually can like make people's lives better he just thinks that you know we should just strip mine the state for the for the free market and call it a day and you know yeah and like we've talked about before at the end of the day when like shit does hit the fan here in utah and it is uninhabitable like he's he's well off enough that he'll be able to just pick up and move and be just fine. Yeah. But that, you know, that them's, them's the breaks. And that's like a very libertarian way to look at it. It's that it's, you know, it just pits people against each other and it, it turns life into a game of winners and losers. We and just need to, say to find that, like, market solutions. Yeah. And I don't mean to say that, like, you know, we can't try to like, I, my point is there are certain issues that are like non-negotiable and right. like you yeah. shouldn't concede ground on them. Not to say that you should just like completely try to alienate everyone, but it's like there are certain things as, and, and especially when this comes to like the like class and political divide, uh, like the people that are actually in control of people's lives. Um, I'm far more in favor of telling these people to fuck off and like that they need to be, but way better like the the bar is way different for spencer cox than like your conservative neighbor who, who might have ch shitty politics like yeah i yeah your spencer cox knows what he's doing he's conniving he's calculated and like all of this like spencer cox just spent a week or two in like hanging out with mike lee and going to the state of union the state of the union and hanging out in congress like yeah he, he has these type of aspirations and so he knows exactly like the, the trajectory he's trying to be on uh so yeah i i, I reserve the, i reserve my ire for people like him um but there are issues that are not just a matter of disagreement. It's and, like there are things that should not be conceded. Right. No. And it's just like to go back to our main topic about the the he gets us ad. Like I roll my eyes when like I rolled my eyes first off when I saw the ad because I thought it was ultimately ridiculous. And then I roll it, roll my eyes even harder when we find out like that the group behind these ads has donated $50 million to right wing legal groups pushing to ban abortion and overturn anti discrimination laws. Like these are, you know, mostly things like serving LGBTQ people at restaurants and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Like so, like I don't, I don't need to hear uh, what is I consider a hate group lecture me on like how to be. We all just need to get along because that's how Jesus would want it to be. Greg, 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 they're not a hate group. They just give millions of dollars to hate groups. To hate groups. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you got to remember that degree the, of the, the money, there. The, the money machine behind the hate groups. Yeah. Speaking of which, so this is Andrew Perez and Jacobin. Um, he gets us as a subsidiary of the Servant Foundation. I can't which. Don't Yikes. like that name. That's a Kansas, awesome. <laughs> a Kansas-based charity, also known as the Signatory, that says it quote exists to inspire. I'm sorry, was Slaves Incorporated taken? Uh, <laughs> listen to this. Uh, it quote exists to inspire and facilitate revolutionary biblical generosity. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> okay. No. No. Uh, no the brakes there. Yeah, we're all getting locusts ideas. and frogs, guys. Yeah. 
Between 2018 and 2020, the Servant Foundation this donated sucks. more than $50 million to the Alliance Defending Freedom, a nonprofit that's led big policy fights over abortion and non-discrimination laws at the Supreme Court and in states around the country. The nonprofit is designated as an anti-LGBTQ plus hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. The Alliance Defending Freedom says it helped draft the 2018 Mississippi abortion law at the heart of the Supreme Court decision last year, allowing states to ban the procedure and also helped to argue that the case before the and also helped argue the case before the high court. This term, the Alliance Defending Freedom, is leading a new Supreme Court case arguing that businesses should be able to discriminate against LGBTQ plus customers. While the Just Servant like Foundation Jesus awesome. would want. Exactly. While the Servant Foundation is reported having nearly $1 billion in assets and making $390 million in grants in its 2020 tax return. NGOs are grifts. Uh, it's great. It's, it's contributions to the Alliance Defending Freedom were among the five largest donations given out by the foundation in each of those three years, according to our review. Fucking awesome. Just cool. Awesome. It's so sick how this country works. What a racket all of this is. It is. It's like, it's unbelievable. Like, I mean, I, I think I've it's, tweeted about this, but I don't think I've really said it too. It's like, you can dig into any sort of like right wing organization or like charity or anything like that and there's someone getting paid yeah like a lot of people get there paid, really actually. is like a, a hatred industrial complex in this country it's not even like the big people too like it's it's like when you dig into like the replies to like yeah some sort of like libertarian dipshit who's like trying to like yell at you or something on twitter and then you find like he's like some sort of like bitcoin financier with like yes. 30 followers it's just like yeah it's just this like this labyrinth of, of scams and schemes, which is amazing too. Like you, you think about this and you look at this organization here and it's such a, like a Leviathan of just like, of like laundering money to like 15 different Christian organizations. That sole purpose is to essentially like, uh, bring back, uh, deed voting and making sure that women have to be accompanied into town. <laughs> Well, hope everyone loves the ads. I thought that was money well spent. I we didn't get any Larry David this year, and that's no. Honestly, Listen, I, that that hurt a bit. I didn't need any ads because I had the all female aerial naval aviator team or whatever. <laughs> Did you guys see the uh, tweet from the Denver Broncos cheerleaders going to Guantanamo Bay? What? <laughs> what? Sorry. Let me. Uh, no, please. What? All right. Uh, yeah, that that was a thing. I saw or, that today uh, too. Uh, sometimes I'm host, have a stroke. Sometimes host of this podcast. Oh, did they delete it? Oh no. No. Madison, uh, former host of the or uh, sometimes host of this podcast, Madison Tate, uh, uh, tweeted this out, or she she uh, quote tweeted it. I gotta, I gotta, damn it. I gotta find it. I can't believe they deleted it. I'm so sad. The tweet's just gone. All right. I am, I am um, looking up Broncos Guantanamo right now. Shank. Oh, there's I gotta be here, sir. Come on. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm seeing it, it now. There was a screen chat. The Broncos deleted their tweet announcing they were deporting one of their cheerleaders to Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> Oh, so the day is that was that is that what the tweet said? Is that yeah. deporting Guantanamo her? Bay, Cuba is hashtag Broncos country at DBC underscore Sophia G is on her way and we'll see you soon. Hashtag DBC and AFE, hashtag Armed Forces Entertainment, hashtag Pro Tour Productions, hashtag oh Pro Tour GTMO Cuba. <laughs> so it was like literally like the the stuff they would do for the troops during yeah. like the Iraq war. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, exactly. WWE and it looks troops. like, yes, yeah. they're doing I, this still, but for Cuba, <laughs> Sophia looks Cuban. I don't know. Don't get mad at me if she's not, <laughs> but yeah, apparently like they're just like sending, I don't know, this Broncos cheerleader to entertain the troops and have them all turn into like cartoon wolves who hit themselves over the head with mallets. Listen, those troops oh who are essentially just doing elder care in Guantanamo Bay now uh, need to be visited by the USO as much as anyone. 
Oh man! Well, so looks this like is part my of the new, Oh man! My new Twitter name is now uh, Bronco Guantanamo. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I like that. Why did they delete the tweet? I'm uh, sad. Like are, they are actually going to Guantanamo, right? Like I, I don't mean, know. you have Condoleezza Rice in the ownership group. You should just own this. <laughs> oh yes, absolutely. Like the Vikings are, there's a Vikings cheerleader doing this too. Uh, oh, dude, they they send these. Okay, this deserves like an investigation. So they're still sending cheerleaders to mil. They're they're still sending NFL cheerleaders to military bases all over the world. Yeah, I, I, like. I think when I was stationed in Korea, like the the Cowboys cheerleaders came and visited uh, visited us in Seoul. <laughs> oh, sick. Is it yeah. just like look at these hot girls? Is that like the whole thing? I guess I don't know, man. I didn't oh. go. I just remember I saw a poster for that. I was like, all right, that's weird. And just this like, makes me moving. so glad we don't have an NFL team. This oh my is, god, this is psycho behavior. I. But, <laughs> I okay. Mean, have you guys ever been to an NFL game? Yes. Uh yeah. I've been, they are I've the been most troop heavy thing ever. It is. It is wild. Like it is, the defense department is really getting all their money's worth out of that. Oh yeah, they are. I mean, I mean, the NFL gives them a troop month. There's a full month for the troops. <sighs> well, as we close out Water Week and Troop Month, uh, <laughs> I just—it's so bad. I hate it. Anyway, um, any any parting words, gentlemen? Uh, what else is going on? Enjoy All Star Weekend for those of you who uh, choose to celebrate. Um, don't get trampled at a Drake. Uh, I why do I keep saying Drake? Drake's been on my mind because he did that. He did that interview with that barstool guy. But uh, Travis Scott, don't die to Travis Scott concert this weekend. Um, we I forgot yeah. to mention my favorite part about the Super Bowl. Well, I shouldn't what? say favorite because it was quite distressing. But it was seeing Fox cut away to like fan parties at Germany with German fans oh. doing the tomahawk chop. <laughs> Which it was like, it was like, hey, here's a bunch of. It was like some watch party. It's in in an African country, and then it was like, here's a watch party in Berlin, and it's just like tomahawk. <laughs> Listen, a bunch I mean, of Germans I, doing. The- let's 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 just put it on the tables, guys. Uh, America, we get very overt right wing fascism. Uh, Germany gets the tomahawk chop. Who says no? Dude, why Listen, can't they just be normal and just not like the <laughs> NFL over there? Like, I don't. I just don't like to see Germans using their right arm in that fashion at all. Like, no. it's way too close to some stuff that they used to do. Um, probably not great. Bad, um, bad vibes. Bad vibes. Horrible vibes. Like, that one is like, oof. Not, things are not good in Germany. I know. That's. Uh, tough scene um <laughs> well in any case happy super bowl happy all-star uh happy, happy valentine's to happy valentine's day to all the yeah, lovers to, out all, there. to all the sweet lovers out there we we love you you love us and uh this is a quite the polycule we have all going to, together to all the listeners <laughs> out there i'll be your valentine wow wow love to see it the sweet the sweet boy ted lasso is back Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Jordan's nice on Twitter again. All is right in the world. We'll see you all next time. Bye. 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 Sugar